0: Please visit jcastnetwork.org.
1: Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Avi Strasberg, and today we're on Daf Yud Tet Daf Nineteen in our study of Masechet Tanit. Today we'll be continuing to explore under what conditions is it appropriate or necessary to fast and sound a shofar as a way of asking God to intercede and save us from distress. In the past few days, we've been focusing on taking on fast as a response to serious drought or lack of rain. But today, the Mishnah will introduce additional conditions in which it would be appropriate for people to fast. Some of these conditions include multiple closely-timed deaths in a community, as well as pestilence and blight. The Mishnah on Daf 19 says, "Al On any form of stra- distress that threatens the community, they should sound the shofar and call out to God, except when the distress comes from too much rain. Having not, not enough rain, this surely we can sound the shofar and cry out to God. But too much rain? Can too much rain ever be considered a curse, such that we would ask to be saved from this? Isn't that a little bit like looking a gift horse in the mouth? The question of crying out to God in conditions of too much rain or too little rain prompts the Mishnah to share the very famous Agadic story of Hame HaMe'ageo, we read in the Mishnah on 19, Ma'aseh, we have a story. Lo that the people of a town said to Choni HaMe'agel, pray that the rains come down. Amar lahem, Choni says in great confidence, knowing that he'll succeed, bring the ovens inside so that they are not damaged by the rain. The story continues. Hit palel shamim. Maasa ag uga Amar betocha. Honi prays and yet the rains still don't come. So what does he do? He draws a circle and he stands inside it. He draws an uga. This is where Choni HaMe'agel agel gets his name. Choni, the circle maker. Honi HaMe'agel. V'amar The amar lefanav ribono sha'olam, Banecha samu fene shani ke ben bait lefanecha. And he said, before the Holy One, your children have turned their faces to me as if I am one of your household. He continues, And in a move of daring, he declares, I swear in your great name that I will not move from this place until you have compassion on your children. The rains begin to lightly drip. But for Choni, it's not enough. Amar, Lokach shalti, elegishme borot si chin le red bezaaf. He says, This is not what I asked for, but rather rains that would fill all of the wells. The rains then begin to fall with great force. But still, it's not quite right. Choni continues, Amar, Lokach shalti, gishme ratson bracha u nediva. He says, "This is not. This is also not what I asked for, but rather for rains that are pleasing, rains of blessing and generosity." The rains fell as he requested until all of Israel was forced from Jerusalem to seek high ground on Har on a great mountain. As a result of all of the rain, but still, the people were not happy. Ba'u palata Lehem The people came and they said to Khoni, Just as you prayed that the rains would fall, please pray now that they'll leave us. Amarlehem or U imnim Hatoin. Khoni directs him to go and see if this particular stone has been washed away by the rain. The story then continues Shalaklo Shimon Ben Shetach Imale Choniatah Gozraini Alecha ni dui. Shimon ben Shetach, the head of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish court, sent him a messenger saying, If you were not Choni, I would have banished you from the land. But what can I say? You sin before God, and God does your will. Like a son that sins before his father, and his father still does what the son wishes. Shimon Shetach is floored by Choni's audacity before God. How dare he make these bold demands, molding God's will to his? Too much rain, not enough. Now it's just right. Finally, the Mishnah closes with a verse from the Book of Proverbs, and about Choni, it's written, "Yismach avicha ve'imecha ve'tagel yulatacha." Let your father and mother be happy, and her that gave birth to you rejoice. The Mishnah presents a story in which one mortal person stands before God and dares to demand rains that are just right. And the story seems to be contrary to what we learn in the Mishnah that one should not blow the shofar and cry out for God's help in a situation of too much rain. Sometimes we have to take the blessings were given to us, even if it's too much for us to handle and not exactly what we need. Central to this story is the importance of water in our tradition. Water means life. Without water, the people fear for their lives. Too much water similarly threatens the safety and land of the people, causing them to seek shelter in the mountains. In Sefer Bamidbar, the Book of Numbers, we also read a story about the great significance of water. There we read, Miriam died and she was buried there, and there was no water for the community. The Torah connects the death of Miriam to the sudden lack of water in the desert. When Miriam was alive, the wells ran over with water as a result of her merit. But with her death, the water goes with her. And what happens to the people when there's no water? The Torah continues, The people assembled against Moshe and Aharon. And the people fight with Moshe, saying, Better that we had died with our brothers before God. Why did you bring God's people out to the desert to die there, us and our cattle? Without water, the people immediately lose hope wishing for death rather than a life where the very stuff of life is scarce. As a result of this connection between Miriam and the drying up of the wells, some people have the custom of introducing a kos Miriam, a cup of Miriam filled with water, to parallel the cup of Elijah presented at the Seder on Passover. This cup helps us to be conscious of the gifts that different people bring into the world and specifically grateful for the role of women in our tradition, often overlooked. Marge Piercy writes in her poem, Miriam's Cup, The cup of Elijah holds wine, and the cup of Miriam holds water. Wine is more precious until you have no water. Water that flows in our veins, water that is the stuff of life, for we are made of breath and water, vision and fact. Marge Piercy continues, What sustains us every morning, every evening, the common miracles of cool water. Piercy rightly notes the centrality of water in our lives. Water is the stuff of life. It is everything to us. It is that which flows through our bodies, that gives life to our harvest, that allows us to eat and to breathe. Without water, we are nothing. And yet too much water can result in flooding, starvation, loss of life. We need water, but water that is a blessing. Water that comes in balance. What was the sin of Choni HaMe'eger that Shimon ben Shetach speaks of? The story would have us think it was Choni's audacity to demand rain just as he required it. He prays when there is too little rain and he prays when there is too much rain. Rather than leaving things to God, he molds God to his own will. But perhaps that wasn't actually his sin. Maybe the problem was that all Choni did was pray. All he did was cry out. Yes, when we are suffering, when we are in distress, we have every right and perhaps even an obligation to cry out to God and ask for help but we also need to help ourselves. Prayer is half of what will get us to where we need to be, but action is the other half. Coni brazenly says, I will not move from this circle until you bring down the reins. Perhaps the problem is that he didn't move. He didn't take action, but only relied upon prayer to do all of the works. For many of us today, we no longer believe that natural disasters and droughts, shortage of water and food comes as a punishment for our moral sins. Rather, we now know that what we do affects the environment and the world around us. When we carelessly deplete our natural resources, they cannot miraculously replenish themselves on their own. In part, we create our own famine. We create our own drought. When we fail to conserve water and treat it as a precious resource, but let our showers run and endlessly water green grass, we cause the water levels to drop. What we do affects the environment around us. Yes, when we are in distress, we should cry out to God for help, but it is not enough just to pray and refuse to move from our circles, waiting for God to move to us. But rather, we must also move to God and figure out how to be more responsible, resource-efficient beings on this planet. That may mean turning towards composting, recycling, a more creative, thoughtful consumption of water and energy resources. Where there is famine, we may need to figure out more sustainable forms of agriculture, that'll feed more people while caring for the earth long-term. But whatever steps we take, the story of Khoni teaches us that the way to a life of plenty requires both prayer and action. As Marge Piercy writes in her poem, The Rain as Wine, it is a ripe rain, coming down in big, fat drops, like grapes dropping on the roof, white grapes round as moons. She continues, it falls on my face like a blessing, It sweetens my body, rolling down my upstretched arms. The rain blesses us as it opens the cracked earthquakes, as it opens us to itself, the sweet gush of August rain. I hope for us that we continue to benefit from the blessing of naturally available resources, but that we also find ways to bring about those blessings in our own lives, taking responsibility for our actions and giving thanks for all that we have.